Hello and welcome back to Customer Experience Conversations. In this episode, Greg, Adam, Simon, myself and our special guest Chewy discuss good and bad experiences we've had in retail over the past few weeks. Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast studio. It's been a while. How are we all doing? All good. All very good. Yeah, great. So today I just wanted to have a quick conversation about how Christmas retail might be changing. Or is it? Adam, you were having a conversation with me earlier. I was. Before, Actually, before we get into <laughs> this, let's introduce our guest today. So it's a very special person called uh, Chewy. Speak. <laughs> Yeah, hey. Hey. good boy. Feed the animal. Welcome Aww. to the studio. Welcome to the studio, Jerry. I love how you called him a person. <laughs> he is a person. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, you were telling me a story about uh, your Christmas shopping experience. Okay, yeah. Which one? I've been shopping twice in the last couple of weeks. Something about Sp- Yankee candles. <laughs> Spent a fortune. Yeah, so I went to, um, a couple of weeks ago, Black Friday, went to Gunwolf Keys on a Saturday, well, on Saturday, even though it's Gunwolf Black Friday, it's the whole weekend. Um, and which was a mad idea to be honest but the other half wanted to do it hmm. I said yes so me her and the two kids decided to go shopping there for about six hours and I've got to be honest it's the first time I've done that in a long long time which was crazy six, but, six hours of shopping yeah, that yeah, sounds madness. painful and I don't know if you know Gunwolf Keys but Gunwolf Keys is an outlet, outlet place uh, much like the one in Bista Village and that kind of thing so, I happened to go to uni in Portsmouth oh so you did that's a very good point you should definitely know what it is do you know what I bet you like five guys there as well um, amazing. But I went there and it's an amazing sale. It's obviously really, really busy. And I'm walking around the shops and I'm thinking, what has actually changed? And I don't mean changed recently. I mean changed in decades. And it very much felt exactly the same as if I was being dragged around a shop by like my parents when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, it's just complete carnage nearly everywhere. You're going to shops. There's nothing really unique going on. But there was a couple of stores which did do something a little bit different. And they actually were the stores that I think were most successful. Okay. So I went to Yankee Candle, for example, because the missus loves candles. You know, nothing like spending £20 on some wax. Um, <laughs> scented wax. Scented wax, that's yeah. true. Christmas scented wax. <laughs> and they actually made people queue. So you couldn't even physically get in the store, which I think worked because everyone was like, oh, what's going on at Yankee Candle? So you queued up and then once you're in, it wasn't chaotic. It was nice and relaxed. And that worked. And I actually thought it was a bit of a different idea of doing something because no one else seemed to do that. And then the other store that was a bit different was Rituals, um, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with the brand, but it's mm-hmm. Greg, you've, yep. Greg. Greg obviously uses it, yeah. yep. um, and they do, you know, like moisturisers and scented and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I don't get skin like this without. No, no, you know. that doesn't just happen, does it, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> you don't wake up like that. Um, and I went in there, and they've got kind of like sinks. They've got sinks set up, and they have nice girls, men and women, like standing around. And they're pretty insistent that you try this stuff out. And I'm like, right. no, no, I'm all right, thanks. And she was like, no, no, try it. And they literally make you try a hand wash and then some kind of moisturizing wash that you use while your hands are wet and then some hand scrub and exfoliate. And before you know it, you've used about five, six products and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And you completely get sold the dream. And I think I spent about 120 pounds on stuff. I have no idea what it is, um, but it worked. Because you left the store glistening. I did, smelling amazing. <laughs> um, and then I went to the complete polar opposite and I went to Ralph Lauren which I'm not a massive fan of that, of that store anyway, but went in there and it was exactly how it shouldn't be done. It was a sale with maybe 50% off items. Nothing was in size order on racks. It was just chaos. It was like being in a, I don't know, like a jumble sale. Mm. Um, and I literally could not wait to get out of that store. 
I just, I didn't care if things were cheap. I literally lost the will to live within there within about five minutes. I was like, I want to get out. We had yeah. to, but the other stores were quite a nice experience. And that's why I really want to talk about experiences in retail because, you know, I left two stores actually spending a considerable amount of money on stuff that I probably didn't even need hmm. or want to. And I actually left that smiling and happy. I went into Ralph Lauren because I actually wanted to get myself a new jumper, hated the experience and wanted to get out because it was just set up the wrong way. Hmm. Um, and then the rest of the experiences on the whole shopping trip were very, very similar. And apart from just paying contactless now, I was really trying to think of what in retail has changed in the last three, four, five, 10, 15 years. You know, what's going on? I don't know if you guys have done any Christmas shopping. Have you even started that yet? Have you experienced anything new and unique or has it just been the same for you? Simon? <laughs> um, no, it's been exactly the same for me. I don't think much changes. I do think that those, you know, the the, ad, the advent of Black Friday has changed when and how people go to the shops. But I'm sort of, for me, losing a bit of faith in the reality of Black Friday. When you look at the actual products that are on sale that are enticing you into stores, they're not really reduced, you know. No. When you look at the analysis from, from, from websites that, kind of list what the prices for a certain product were throughout the year, only a small percentage of them are actually reduced. So I'm not sure whether that's just me or whether there is a, a, that, that now distrust of that Black Friday sale idea. So mm. what, what do they do? Slowly ramp up the prices up to Black Friday and then drop it? Yeah, it's quite a common thing, apparently. Huh. Well, apparently from these reports yeah. that you read during the year, you know, upwards of six months before, they'll creep the price up slowly so that it's at a certain level where they can implement a discount at Black Friday. And make it look as if you are getting a bargain when you're not. Well, that's, that's sneaky. It's because you have to legally, I'm pretty sure you have to have a price at a certain price point for a certain number of weeks before mm. you can then decrease it. That's mm. why. So you couldn't climb it up the day before and said, oh, 50% off today when you raised it up 50% the day before. You can't do that. You need to have a price at a certain price point. Yeah, I think it's like, off the top of my head, I think it's two weeks, but it could be longer, could be less. I don't know. It's but it's mm. working, isn't it? When you look mm. at Black Friday, specifically in the news and the reports, how busy some shops are they it is kind of crazy insane it is a way of getting people out and to the shops it seems to be a, a lot of the reports are kind of showing that it's the day that dictates the success for a retail organization isn't it that's quite kind scary their gauge on how much they sell that day is is the, the sign of success or or kind of mm. you know failure of the year mm. yeah i can imagine that i mean one thing i noticed as well was considering retail is meant to be struggling it seemed very busy you know, I was even out in town, Woking, where we're based, um, suddenly just gone. It was rammed. Mm. So rammed, there was only two parking spaces shown in the whole of the Peacock Centre. Wow. So people are spending money. People are spending money online. I read a statistic like, a couple of days ago that you know, UK retail, 80% of this money that's spent is actually face-to-face. -face. It's not mm. online. So we're still going out shopping. We're still paying for parking. We're still doing that. Whether that's all shopping in supermarkets or kind of retail parks rather than town centres I don't know but I think what Simon says about Black Friday deals people do get caught up in it and you know you do lightning deals for example on Amazon yeah. I'm a nightmare with that yeah. you know you don't know how many electric toothbrushes yeah. you needed at 60% no, off <laughs> I do the same <laughs> I do the same though I love this year what Amazon have done have you noticed the that they're showing football on Amazon and yeah only on the 3rd till the 6th of December and the 26th to the 28th of December and that's quite clever because what they're capturing then is people that want to watch the football are signing up for a free 30-day account with Amazon to watch the football on the 3rd to the 6th of December, which is their Black Friday sale. Mm -hmm. Clever. And then obviously the 26th to the 28th is after Christmas Day, it's their next sale. So they're capturing a bunch of people mm. signing up to watch the football 
that are going to forget and just keep them their subscription yeah. going. I think that's really clever. Yeah, they're. that's smart. Where does everyone think prices actually are in terms of high street versus online? Because you know, are we just moving more towards a world where yeah, you'll go to a store to try things on, hmm. but you're going to leave buying nothing and then just go home and buy it online? Yeah. Do we think we're moving more towards a world of that nature, or do you think retail are still trying to hold on to that? Obviously, yeah. sell in the moment. Yeah, I think it depends what you're buying. I think if you're buying something electrical, you know, a TV or I don't know, something like that, yeah. I think online is generally cheaper. And I think you know what you're going to get. And me personally, you know, the way I do it, I don't know if you guys do the same. And I, maybe I shouldn't say this on this podcast, but I will literally go to Amazon, five star reviews, well, four star reviews or above, Amazon Prime free delivery, and just sort by low to high. Yeah. If it's something electrical. Why not? But if it's something clothing wise, there's so much poor quality stuff online. You're on eBay. Even Amazon, websites like Wish and things like that, where I wouldn't actually risk buying something off there because it turns up and it's not even remotely what you imagine it is. So me personally, I would still always go into a store. Mm. And I think if you look at clothing brands and stuff like that, generally in stores, they're pr very similar pricing. I think we've just got this perception that online's cheaper. And I know for a fact, actually, if you were to, for example, go onto Amazon and look at an item on there and you think that's going to be the cheapest I guarantee you if you look elsewhere it's probably cheaper elsewhere mm. but you're just used to free delivery the convenience that you can order it in seconds with one swipe so yeah. I think they've absolutely nailed that but yeah. I'm, I think maybe consumers have maybe become a bit more savvy I'm not sure yeah I completely agree with you with the clothing thing so I, the, my predicament is I have size 13 feet and alright Louis if I want <laughs> if I want to find a shoe that fits me I have to go online every time but the thing is is I bounce between 13 and 14 depending on the brand and the, the type of shoe so I end up ordering about three different shoes before I get the right size when in reality I just want to go into a store mm -hmm. and get the right pair of shoe first time but no stores have my size and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have that kind of issue with buying clothes online yeah they should really utilize like mm. promotional events where they could use them to get more customers into the store instead of buying online I think that's where stores can really improve and they can obviously excel is actually in terms of in-store experiences. You know, I mentioned just then on a sale, busy shopping experience, spent a lot yeah. of money. There was two stores that I think just did simple things and got it right. Retailers, apart from doing what Simon said and doing really clever marketing and telling it up with like sporting events and promotions, they can't really offer a better experience than a decent search engine. You know, mm. eBay search fertility, for example, is, I think, quite weak compared to Amazon's. You can't sort by quick postage and quick delivery. But you look at ASOS and Amazon and things like that, you can organize something to get next day delivery. And if you look at people at like Argos, you can now get same day delivery. So all that re online can do is make sure the search engine within it is as good as possible and they offer quick and free delivery. But in store, they've got so much more that they can do. They can make the experience of going to, into store memorable, easier, tailored, personal. You don't really get that online. And I think that's where I'm hoping that retailers, some of them are doing it. If you look online, there's lots going on. But I do think they need to be smart up a little bit more because that's I think that's where they could really take advantage yeah. of having stores and people. Yeah, it's about creating that experience in store, isn't it? Yeah. A couple of things about that Amazon. I know people kind of trust that, don't they, to go to get a cheap deal, but they kind of buck the trend in the way they work. Mm. If you if they get a high demand for a product, it automatically increases in price. It kind of bucks the trend. Every other business in the world, the more they sell, the cheaper it gets. Wow. Amazon's got an algorithm where it automatically increases the price when the demand comes in. And the other question, just to change subject slightly, you trust the five-star rating on Amazon? You I know do, it's ridiculous, know isn't it? Really I know, I know. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. But I'm sure I'm not the only one. And I know they pretty much are made up yeah, and they're yeah, crazy. They're all fake. Yeah. yeah. But they still work. I'm a naive consumer, I don't know. <laughs> I'll actually trust a four and a half star review yeah. more than a five star review. 
Okay. Because I look at a five-star review and I think it's too good. Too good to be true. Oh, now you've said that, they're going to change it to be the <laughs> yeah. way you just said. Four yeah. and a half-star products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Greg? You done much shopping? Well, n- not for Christmas. Don't want to get you in trouble. No, no, not for not for Christmas. Yeah, I will do, and it'll probably start on about the twenty fourth. <laughs> in <laughs> true, <goodness>. true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Argos same day delivery. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I normally go with my friend. We end up spending more time having lunch and a beer than we actually do shopping. We buy about three things and then retreat to like a, lo- a local restaurant or something. Um, pub. <laughs> yeah, and then the pub. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, one one shopping experience I did have recently it was um, suit shopping for my wedding next year. So have to get a suit, etc. Had to decide: do I do I buy a suit? Do I hire a suit? Blah blah blah. And actually, the first bit of sort of research, or the first bit of shopping I did is I just went to like a shopping mall, and then you know it had about four or five of the main high street suit hiring shops. And I really wasn't impressed. I was really like let down with what I saw. I don't want to throw names out there, but what was it about the experience that was such a turn off? Well, they didn't have any suits. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> on, you know, I'm not even kidding you. Amazing. I'm not. I'm not anything special in terms of build, pretty yeah. average size, and all that stuff. So for me, it was a matter of I thought I could walk into one, two, three, four people that do suit hire on every high street, and I would be, yeah, sure, of course we've got your size. Of course we've got your size. Do you want to try on this one, this one, this one? Mm. And every single one I went into, nah, sorry, we don't have the trousers for that one, or we don't have the jacket in your size, or yeah, we can book you in to come back to do it. And I thought, that's good, but I'm here right now. And yeah. from what yeah. I can see, the rack that you've got is about the same size as my rack at home for clothes. <laughs> and you're a, you're a store, and your core of your business is not just selling suits, but it's, it's hiring suits. Maybe that's how they survive, though, by keeping their overheads down and not holding much stock. But then booking people in for example a week's time and mm-hmm. then shipping in the product that they requested maybe but they lost the customer with me yeah, yeah you're, not, well, you're, true, not, yeah. you're not gonna go back probably are you <coughs> you know they might be losing business but yeah and, and i obviously uh, there's a million things i'm sure happening in the background that they're factoring mm. in that maybe i'm selfishly not but my experience is quite bad in that sense and i walked into yeah good four shops that day expecting to be able to try on suits uh, and none of them had my size for hiring and in the end I've actually, to then hire my suit for my wedding, I've now gone to a family-owned business and it's uh, like a one-off bespoke place. And wow. to then turn it into a, an amazing customer experience because I am so happy with how they're getting me in my suit and uh, all of like the groom's party, etc. We're all going to be hiring like five, six suits and little Rudy, you know, my nephew will have his own little suit and everything. But the service from that business, I have to say, was unbelievable. We've been in several times, had several appointments, really easy to book in. They're really flexible times, Saturdays and, and Sundays and things mm. you can go in and super flexible. When you turn up, there's no chaos. Mm. He's the, the, the guy that's run this business has run it for 40 years. His son and daughter both now work with him in that same store. And he, for example, was telling me stories how when he first started the business, I think in uh, sort of his, uh, you know, let's say early 20s, he was obviously fitting suits on his friends. He and his friends then grew up and then started to fit suits on their children. And he's now at a place where he's doing grandchildren, and I think in some instances almost now like great-grandchildren. So he, wow. he's literally yeah, fitted wow. suits for generations in his community, and he just has obviously you know an abundance of clients. And the service that I got, the reason why the service is so amazing is he did everything that I needed him to do in terms of advising me on what things I should be considering. And I, like as a physical retail experience, 
it couldn't have been more easy. It couldn't have been more like helpful in the sense mm. of, I said to him, look, on the day, I don't particularly like this idea, but what about this? Does that work? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like that. And he would give his advice. I don't, I don't advise that because of this, that, and this. And it really opened my eyes. And that's probably the most memorable retail experience yeah. I have recently, mm. where I went to your mainstream uh, high street. They didn't have any of the suits that I needed. Yeah. And then I went to a bespoke family-run business and like I say, it couldn't have gone couldn't have gone better. Was it the one-to-one personal aspect of that experience? Or is that something you would recommend brands do? Is it increase the amount of one-to-one interactions with their customers? I think, in all honesty, like like a meaningful the, it was the experience. feeling I got. It wasn't anything he said in particular. Yeah. It's like anything, it's all emotional. So the feeling I got when I first walked in and I started speaking to this guy, mm. It's just the f- it, he, the, he immediate to me immediately was an absolute expert, and he was easy to speak to, ask questions of. Didn't feel intimidated in any way, shape, or form, even though he's been doing this for thirty, forty so it years. Was, it wasn't overly professional as well. It was no, o- no, it wasn't. O- he was dressed obviously very smart because mm-hmm. you know he's a product of his own business. But mm. the one difference I would say, if I was to pin it down to one thing, when I went to the high street and I spoke to the tailors in the high street stores. They didn't care. Like they, there wasn't any remorse that they didn't have the suit in my sure. size. It was more of a defensive mm. thing of, well, we don't have it in your size, so please book in if you want us to get it in. And it was quite a defensive sort of thing. I was like, okay, well, I, I don't really want to drive out. You're like, you're like an hour from my house. I don't really want to drive here again just to try on a suit that I'm not actually that excited about anyway. If you had it here, I'd try it and I might make might make mm. a different decision. But with you know flipping to to this other business, it was a feeling of absolute trust in him mm. and just a complete reassurance that he really cared about mm. my experience yeah. and if we take that idea that is not that's, this is the only thing i really wanted to sound to this podcast in particular is that to me experience is not about technology in reality it's not no you know a good system to do this that and the other is fantastic but in reality what makes or breaks a retail experience and where the physical store comes into its own is just having really good staff that smile, care about your experience, genuinely care that you're about to put money across the table, like yeah. from your wallet to their business. And if they care, like the guy that I work with for the suit cares, mm. it was not a problem to pay that money. Didn't yeah, feel like it, you know, didn't even care. Like it, yeah. it was money I was gonna spend. I was happy so it, happy probably. to spend it. And I will recommend anyone to hire suits yeah. to that company. Do you think it's better to use technology to facilitate that, that, ex- that kind of experience? Just like what they're doing with the work cafes at Santander, for example. I think that's a big question for another podcast, another, another in, in all po- honesty, yeah. because it is a very, very much an open topic of there are benefits to technology mm. and there are downsides. Technology should only enhance the experience. It shouldn't hinder the experience. Perfect. So I think we should have another podcast to discuss that. Yeah, that's a great place to finish the episode then. Tune in next time where we will answer that question. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas <laughs> if we don't speak to you before then. Thank you, guys. Thank you.